Grab a brew, listen up, and get back to you. This is Things I Wish I'd Known podcast. Hello and welcome to Things I Wish I'd Known, where we create positive change through conversation with your host, me, Rachel Welford. Today, we are joined by Jonathan Garner, and I'm really excited to talk to him because there's so much that I want to know about this topic. And he is a seasoned web developer and user experience designer, and he's got over a decade of experience in um, teaching complexities of disruptive technologies. And he works with top clients like Visa, IBM and Unilever. So he's super knowledgeable about this. And I'm really excited about picking his brains. And Jonathan also recently founded a company called Mind Over Tech. And they have these incredible cards, which we'll probably talk about in a bit called um, the Digital Habit Lab. But we'll get into that um, a little bit further into the conversation. And they really focus on um, remote work, smartphone use, which I think we could all do with a little help with and constant connectivity. So Mind Over Tech really is about teaching methods that help us to align our actions with our intentions. And if you've been listening to this podcast um, at all, you will know that's something I'm very passionate about. And also to help us improve not only our well-being, but our productivity, our creativity um, in the digital space as well. So um, join us today as we're going to delve into the world of technology, digital culture uh, with Jonathan. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Rachel. I'm yeah, really excited to have this chat with you. Me too. So, I mean, where did this all start for you? How did you get into tech mm. and learning about all these things? Uh, my journey with technology, I think I've always loved technology. I played a lot of video games as a kid when I was mm-hmm. growing up. Um, I also come from a creative background. So I studied uh, sculpture at university. Oh, wow. And I just, I like, I like making things and I like solving problems. And yeah. I think that, uh, you know, whether you're doing that with a physical media or a digital one, uh, it's kind of the same process. And actually, there are lots of exciting things about working with digital tools that that really fed into that. So I think, yeah, also, actually, to be honest, after leaving university, um, you know, when I, I taught myself how to build websites, partly because you can make, at the time, it was like, it felt like pretty good money doing that. Mm. Um, so that that's kind of what started that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's fed to I've always been passionate about technology. Um, and as you said, you know, I've worked for over 10 years uh, in a space, both designing uh, technology, but also educating about, um, yeah, about how to embrace these these most disruptive technologies. I uh, think as well, it'd be great to just maybe go into that in a bit more detail, because there might be people listening to this who are like, mm-hmm. what the hell is user experience design? And what the hell does it mean by disruptive technology because i understand uh, you know i think in our world those kind of term that kind of terminology is really common but Mm. there are probably a lot of people that maybe don't work in the tech world who are like huh yeah 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 absolutely so yeah i mean user experience design actually if you if you work in the field of user experience it's it's like it's still hotly debated exactly what user experience design is people are always trying to kind of like redefine it but I think probably for the sake of this conversation, uh, the easiest way to think about it is um, considering the human who is on the receiving end of whatever digital product you are creating Mm. and making sure that um, what you build uh, is done so informed by the actual uh, problems and needs of real people and that that what you are building is actually um, helping meet those needs, um, obviously in a way which aligns with your with your business model for, because that's the reality that most tech is, is built around that. But yeah, yeah that's, that's, that, that's basically the, the, the role of, of user experience. I heard a rumor, so I don't know whether there's any truth in this whatsoever, because you know, mm. everything you read on the internet must be true. Mm. Um, but I heard a rumor that apparently Facebook and Instagram or meta as a, as a company had some rules around their algorithm and they decided that there was a certain algorithm that they wouldn't run because it made it a bit too addictive and that they felt like it wouldn't be great for the end user as in the human being that was using the technology. Mm. And apparently TikTok were a bit like, fuck that. I don't care. (laughs) And use that algorithm. And that's why TikTok is becoming this super, you know, addictive, 
kind of platform. I don't sure. know if you've got any thoughts on, on yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice story for, for Google and Facebook or whatever in terms of them them not using that. I, I would imagine that any company is using whatever algorithm they they feel that they can get away with using in terms of yeah. in terms of this um and but also you know technology is constantly improving and so that that feedback loop means that the ability to engage users attention in a way which really draws it in and sustains their attention mm. as much as possible is just that that process is becoming more and more refined uh, yeah. as as we go on and of course it's it's driven by you know what we call the attention economy that's exactly the, what yeah. i was about to say i think yeah. that is what's going to drive everything forward isn't it as we move yeah. move on yeah. in the world it's going to be whether we our ability to focus and our ability mm-hmm. to pay attention yeah yeah, exactly. And, you know, it was this exact thing which really fascinated me when, and kind of was part of the input to the creation of Mind Over Tech because, um, like I said, I love technology. I'd consider myself like working on a relatively like, I'm not going to say the cutting edge, but like definitely in, in the space of like the, mm. the kind of latest innovations. Um, but I also have a really keen interest in the human experience and the human mind as well and that comes from um, an interest in meditation so I've actually practiced in the Buddhist tradition for nearly 20 years uh, I c- completely came across it by accident when I was at school and read a book and just kind of yeah um, just just fell into that world and I, I'm not a particularly great practitioner like by any means but um, there was a time around 2014 I guess where I was had a lot of of web development projects on um but also I was kind of you know already in quite a good routine of each year going away to France to like do a couple of weeks meditation retreat and things like Mm. this and I I found that well there was one particular moment on, on 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 the retreat there where you know I generally look forward to going away and doing that, spending some time with myself, like getting to know yeah. myself a bit better. And uh, I had this kind of wake up moment where I, I noticed suddenly that I was actually locked away in a toilet cubicle in in France there, um, scrolling furiously through my Twitter feed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whilst in the middle of this retreat, which was kind of meant to be about, you know, getting to know my mind and, and so yeah. on. And, and I think that that was just yeah, this moment of watching that where I just, I kind of realised, hmm, maybe I'm not that happy about my relationship with my phone and mm. specifically because I don't feel like I'm in control of my attention and my awareness and and, yes. and, and what I'm investing that in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that, that for me was like quite a, uh, a shocking wake up call, um, which, which has taken me on a journey personal to myself of trying to understand um, how can I, as someone who works in tech, use technology and benefit from all of the amazing things which can bring us but on my own terms and so Mm. that I'm not negatively impacting my well-being and my creativity and productivity um, and also that in such that I feel in control of my awareness and my attention and that like I said that I can invest it in the things which really matter to me oh yeah my my internal human is clapping (laughs) (laughs) clapping and applauding that that um sentiment because I think I feel the same I find technology so exciting Mm. um I know chat GPT now is like all over the news and stuff Mm -hmm. but I've been using it since I don't know I think like November or early December last year how how are you using it just to a lot of the time because I I mean I'm undiagnosed but essentially Mm -hmm. I think I have ADHD and dyslexia Mm -hmm. I've always struggled with, um, I love to write. I really love it, but I, I often put the wrong words in the sentences or yep. I'll spell things back to front. If the first letter and the last letter are in the right place, the other letters can kind of like do their own thing, hun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't really know how my brain works, but some, and sometimes I find it hard to summarize things into you know like a, a punchy thing anyone who yep. listens to this podcast will know I waffle quite <laughs> a lot and sometimes it's good um, especially with copy to have something you know a, a complex 
thing to be explained in a very concise and quick yeah. way. Yeah. So th- the main way that I use it is I take copy that I've written myself mm-hmm. and I'll ask it to summarize or to yeah. um, check for spelling mistakes, mm-hmm. to put it into um, maybe a clearer structured sentence format, that kind of thing. So that's primarily what I've been using it for. And I found it very useful when I've tried to use it for things like, cause I've seen all these cool things, you know, where people are like, I got it to write me a kid's story mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. I find that it actually becomes very repetitive and that's where you start to learn that it is machine learning and they've obviously got phrases yeah. that they know that it knows how to put together rather than um, it being, but I mean, this is just, phase one oh well I imagine it's phase whatever for the tech industry but in terms of the public use you know of putting it out there so I imagine in in time and the same with these kind of image creating apps and stuff like that it's it's just so exciting and it can save you so much time Mm -hmm. but on the flip side um and I have a confession to make oh what's that I'm so addicted to my phone it's not even funny. And I don't know if this is, again, like ADHD traits or what have you, because the dopamine thing. I'm so addicted to my phone that I decided I was going to get a separate phone because my work phone, I I, I have, well, I, don't, I guess I don't have to use social media, but I like to. It's nice to mm-hmm. build community. It's nice to connect with people in that way. Um, yeah. You could, you know, we wouldn't have met if I wasn't using social media. You know, sure, So yeah. you can actually make beautiful connections with people if it, again, if it's used correctly but what Mm -hmm. I found was I was spending a lot of time and when I'm talking about a lot of time like sometimes six to eight hours a day on my phone which is insane so I thought I know I'll get a separate phone and then I can have my work phone that has social media and all the jazzy stuff on it and I'll have my personal phone that's a bit more like a burner phone and there's no Facebook Instagram TikTok any of that stuff it's just literally you know calling people and WhatsApp and that's it and then what I found over time is I just spend time on both and when I haven't got my work phone with me I get like freaked out sometimes that I don't have access to those things yeah and I read about this thing called nomophobia which (laughs) is the fear of going without your phone and I was like I think I get that and this thing around like texophrenia I think it's called which is the fear that you can't send or receive text messages and phantom vibrations and all these things I mean can you discuss any like studies and research that you know about that around this because I I can't be the only one that's struggling with this yeah yeah and yeah I think you know back in 2014 when I first looked at this I thought this was a problem that I had uniquely you know very Mm. um, very idiotically of course everyone has this but I think at the time I felt you know working in technology uh, you know this must be a much bigger problem for me but um, you know definitely today particularly post-pandemic as you say this is you know this is a hugely common issue for, for everyone and yeah, sure, there are loads of different studies, um, which, you know, all of them kind of quote slightly different amounts. But yeah, as you say, you know, significant hours in our day on screens. Uh, there's one that I often reference uh, in talks that we do when when delivering talks to corporate clients around. Uh, this was done by a company called D-Scout. And they, mm. uh, they, they ran a study where they installed an app on people's phones to track like how often they were touching their device and when they did it. And so, and they found in that, that the average user um, of that study was touching their phone like roughly two and a half thousand times a day. And and an engaged user, which is the top 10% of that group was like, uh, like close to 6,000 a day. And, but what I want to say strongly here is that I believe very strongly that everyone's needs from technology are different. Mm. and that technology itself i think we can consider it to a certain extent like an objective tool so you know we can to a certain extent in theoretically you know we should be able to use it in a way where um where yeah we can decide what what we want to do and and we use that 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 digital tool in order to do it because Mm. the reality is living in today's world like we you know as great as digital detox is and it's probably a healthy thing to do every now and again yeah um it's it's not a practical way to live our day-to-day life right so like we we can't lock our devices away and so 
the point I'm trying to make here is that you know there are plenty of stats about how often we touch our device or how many hours we spend on our screen. Um, but actually, I don't think I think they can be a little bit of a mis misnomer. It can be easy to get caught up in in the shock value or the hysteria around that. Whereas actually, mm. if you spend if you spend six hours in your phone every day and you are doing the stuff that you want to be doing, which helps you accomplish your work, which brings you a sense of uh, completion and and uh, satisfaction and a sense of kind of meaning. I would say there's, you know, I say you could spend 12 hours a day on your phone doing that and that would be fantastic. Mm. Um, I think the problem is when our, our, our digital habits slip into being unintentional mm. so when when those when those hours on our phone each day are done you know either by mistake or unconsciously yeah. and are slipping into patterns of doom scrolling or checking the news every 10 minutes or comparing ourselves to people online and social media like yeah that that is obviously you know and we all know i don't need to give you stats we all know this experientially like this has a huge impact not just on our ability to get stuff done in the day but on our physiology like we're spending you know if you spend all day in that mode like you're spending a huge amount of time in your kind of fight or flight nervous system and and, and mm -hmm. kind of wrecking a lot of your physiology as well so yeah like basically at, at the crux of it it's like yes there are lots of shocking stats but actually at the end of the day it's more about it's not about using technology less it's about using it and making sure that every use is on your own terms and it is an intentional. Yeah, I love that because I think that's the same as life, actually, mm. in a way. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I talk about the ADHD thing. It was a bit of an in-joke with my family when I was a kid. And then as I've got older and then when I had long COVID, the symptoms got out of hand, basically. And it made it mm. very difficult for me to function. But I've been on a wait list since 2019 to get an appointment and they've now said it's going to be another two years from now oh gosh wow. and I suddenly realized I had this thing around like I'm giving so much power to this thing mm -hmm. it's almost like okay so let's just say I have got it so what mm -hmm. the same as when I was diagnosed with depression and, and anxiety it's like okay well what can I do intentionally to help myself to feel better and mm -hmm. you know it's been years since I've had to take medication it's been a long time since I've had panic attacks or anything like that mm -hmm. and a lot of that comes down to my mindset behavior mm -hmm. nutrition exercise all these kinds of elements that I have complete yeah. autonomy yeah. and control over yeah, I can't exactly. control whether I've got a diagnosis of depression and anxiety but I can just I can control how much alcohol I consume for example I yep. can control how much sugar caffeine I consume I can control how much I choose to exercise or not yeah when I do these things I feel better and I think that's I guess the same with um, any tech use you know whether it's your mobile phone or it's gaming or you know mm -hmm. other elements of tech that might feed into your life it is about yeah. that intentional relationship that you have with it because when we think about addiction in its um I guess rawest term it's really around um you know loss of control of your behavior kind of um re having real difficulty limiting your behavior and um I guess generally feelings of irritability anxiety anger mm -hmm. you know if, if it's taken away from you feeling like you've lost control or um that you've got no no control over the the habit and generally yeah. maybe withdrawing from other things because you need the time so that you can do that and I know one when I realized with TikTok especially when it was kind of first out I found it really interesting as a platform and I was and one day I was on my phone and I kept thinking to myself, you really need to stop doing mm -hmm. this now. You really need to stop mm -hmm. doing this now. You really need to stop doing this now for so long that eventually my battery on my phone died yeah. and I was relieved. I felt my right. whole body kind of go wow. like, oh, thank <laughs> God, you know, I can actually put this blooming thing down now. And I thought, wow, you need to be really careful around this because that's in that's like in my you know insane mm -hmm. behavior for somebody as well who's also yeah. quite mindful and yeah. but the, I found the, it interesting just that the the thought was there to stop doing mm -hmm. the behavior but the physical ability to to stop doing the behavior wasn't there yeah I don't know if absolutely. you've had like similar experiences 
Yeah, ab- absolutely. Like daily, I have that experience. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is that also, you know, being here as a founder of a company called Mind Over Tech, which is about being intentional with your tech, doesn't mean that I've got this all sorted. Um, yeah. like, like quite the opposite. Like I know that I struggle with this a lot. This is why I'm doing this in the first place. I think yeah. it's back to your point of taking like control of your agency and moving in a step towards um yeah actively meeting the situation um so yeah absolutely all day uh I have many experiences like that where I feel I feel like I'm not in control about putting something down and it's no surprise like a lot of tech is designed specifically Mm. I'm sure you're aware of books like there's one called Hooked by a guy called Nirayel yeah it's like is that that yeah it's got yellow cover I think yeah exactly yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's mentioned often it's like it's held up in silicon valley as a bit of a bible about how to build habit forming products but it's all right. about it's all about literally how you know what what for me this is the kind of side of ux the user experience design which gets a little bit um you know iffy from a from a user like f- from a humane perspective there's like mm. lots of things called dark patterns which is basically ways of designing your user experience that it 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 exploits the vulnerabilities of the human mind. It knows yeah. what it knows the way it behaves and it and it creates compulsive addictive behavior. So there's like, you know, that is there and it's very real and it drives a lot of the attention economy. A lot mm. the re- a lot of reason why some of these huge tech companies are as big as they are is because of these mechanisms. And that mm. that is absolutely thing. And it's not a small thing and it's a very powerful thing to have to, to work against. Yeah. I think I think the thing is, back to your point you know, in an experience around um, anxiety or things like that, you know, we are limited to a certain extent about what we can do uh, uh, to change something like the presence of anxiety and equally mm. and equally, what we can do to change the, the way that a lot of tech companies operate. Like, we hope that um, kind of government policy and things come in to actually help shift that, but that's out of our hands and mm. it's not going to change overnight. So whilst... Whilst I hope and 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 will try and always work to to shift that side of things, actually the other side of this relationship, because this is a relationship, right? Mm. Like us and technology is is a relationship, just like a relationship with anything else. And yeah, so there is a, a half of it that that we are responsible for, and and that we show up for ourselves for each day, right? And yeah, and, and it's it's that side of it which which we do have control of it in exactly the way that, that you were saying before, but. I think the the really the the difficult thing with this because you're mentioning before about you know whether it's about um you know other forms of addiction and and kind of taking back control mm. you know if it's let's say you have a problem with drink or smoking or something like that I'm I'm not saying for a second that those are easy things to to deal with mm. but at least in that situation there's quite crystal clarity about what good like what favorable or unfavorable behavior or activity looks like. Like, you know, if you're having a drink, you know, if you're having a cigarette. And at that point, even though you may not have the power to to do this, there is an option, which is to just like cut that and stop. In our digital lives, like I said before, we can't really just throw all our technology away. Like it's increasingly difficult to literally pay your taxes or like book a flight to go on holiday without living and existing in the digital world and so actually picking out like throughout the course of your day there's like there's so many activities which you have to use technology for just to survive and there's lots of other things that are completely um behaviors and habits which aren't useful for you at all but you like so it's very difficult because you can't just do a clear cut or boundary in the same way that you could in giving up Mm. um, fatty food or cigarettes or something like that so this, this is why it's actually an incredibly difficult and um, uh, but, but important thing to build the mindsets and the habits and the skills to actually slowly um, allow yourself to, to create boundary in your digital life so that mm. you can separate these things out and know with confidence for yourself this, this kind of activity uh, aligns with what I care about and helps support what I want to be doing in my life and this kind of activity I want to do less of. And if I do some of these things, it can help uh, give me um, yeah, control about how I, how I use my time in my digital life. Mm. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that like with the two phone thing mm. on my work phone, I have the Google Authenticator and all my two factor 
you know, um, Mm -hmm. codes and all that stuff set up. And sometimes I'll be out and I'm on my other phone and it will say, oh, we're going to send you a text. And it's actually, I've left my work phone at home because I'm trying to be more intentional about my tech. And then I'm like, shit, now I can't use my bank card or whatever it is that I'm trying to do. And so then (laughs) I end up carrying both phones around and then it kind of defeats the object of being able to create that distance from it. Yeah, but I want to call out how great it is that, you know, this this process of you identifying, you know, this is an issue. I'm going to try and do something better. I'm going to get a second device and try and make that for clear, specific use. Like this is a great uh, example of um, taking responsibility and trying to create a a setup with your tech where there Mm -hmm. is a sense of boundary, where there's a clear sense of like, I use this for this, but not for that. And and, as I said before, it's not easy. And actually, over time, I've come to really think about this very strongly as as a practice. Mm. So in the same way that that we may practice like, um, you know, yoga or, or kind of keeping fit or a- anything else like that. It's not something where you ever like fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not something which you'll never be done with it. Yeah. Uh, um, but and therefore more important than getting it all right is actually, like I said before, showing up for yourself each day and absolutely and 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 using using each uh, moment as the next training opportunity to see okay how can I do this time with this absolutely I mean that's the mm. one of the whole reasons that I set up happy habits club is because mm. I started to realize that I'm not well because I started to meditate and I looked at my nutrition and I see a therapist and you know these things aren't accidents these are habits that I've built and actually mm-hmm it's been a long time now, you know, I think it was 2014 when I had my breakdown. So it's been a really long time since that happened. And over that long period of time, I've slowly developed these little habits, you know, Mm. making sure um, I get outside in the morning, get fresh air, don't stay in my flat too long, make sure Mm -hmm. I call my friends, like all, all these kinds of things that actually I know are triggers that little depressive part of me that genuinely would just have me like stay in bed all day not see anyone and just think I was a useless human being you know um the kind kind way of uh, of putting it and uh, that's you know when you say about it's it's never done I feel the same it's like Mm -hmm. I've known over time because I've I've practiced giving up all my good habits because I (laughs) thought I was healed and done and like well done pat myself on the back you don't need to do this stuff anymore and guess what happened yeah (laughs) yeah everything went went downhill again so and isn't that the way that actually at those moments when things actually you feel a little bit more on top of it and things are in a good space then like at those times (coughs) you it's like in those moments sometimes you feel in, in the more immediate sense, you feel the the benefit or the impact of your habits less because you're already in that good space and, yes. and you're like, but, and so then that's the danger zone where you might be, well, I don't need to do that today, but actually it's like, you know, what we're doing today is actually kind of setting up a circumstance for tomorrow. And as soon as you kind of drop that, then yeah, it's, 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 it's a tricky slope. Isn't yeah. It? It's, I think it's harder to stay on top of your habits than it is to input a new habit in some ways, mm-hmm. because Although starting a new habit is really difficult because it's like an uphill struggle. You've not done it before and you're up against lots of things with your mindset, your physiology and all that Mm -hmm. other stuff. I think because there's something that's driving you that's usually that you hate or you've got to the end of your tether, you're like, that's it. You know, I can't do this anymore. There's that kind of bit of it. That's a bit of a motivator to kind of do it when Mm. you just feel great. Yeah. And your mind's nice and balanced and everything else. It, there's part of you that just kind of goes, you don't need to meditate for half an hour this morning. Just have a lay in. You deserve to have a little bit of extra sleep, babe. Like, you know, you don't need to do your journaling. You don't need it. Therapy's expensive. You know, you don't need to go now. You've got it. It's fine. And then I, and you just notice this little gremlin almost that comes in to sort of like try and sabotage you. But that's where I think, you know, 
even if it's not the Happy Habits Club, whatever people are doing, having community, you know, I think this is why place spaces like AA, you know, or whatever work really well, because actually mm-hmm. when you've got a group of people and you're all working towards something together, it's like you say, it's much easier to show up for yourself if you're not having to show up for yourself on your own all the time. And if you do start to slip a little bit, having that non-judgmental space where people are like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. Come on get back on get back on track like it's cool that's life you know it can be really helpful yeah um something that I wanted to ask you is you know obviously you're really passionate about living intentionally I think that comes comes through but outside of that do you think there's things that (laughs) what can individuals do if they're listening to this and they're like oh my god I'm not the only one great but also like how the hell do we break up with these things because I think for for me as well, addiction and unhelpful behaviors that you wish you could change that you can't are often a solution as well as the problem. So for example, if you have got a mental health issue and you um, don't have a particularly high self-esteem, the likelihood of you trying to distract yourself from those feelings that you're sitting with whether that's with your phone, whether that's with alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, you know, even sex for some people, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you're just trying to make yourself feel better. And yeah. often what happens when we're on social media for, for a bit, it helps you to feel better. Maybe there's some funny content. Maybe there's a meme or something that you, or meme. I never, I literally never know how to say that. I think word. meme. Is it meme? I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that, that that's what I say anyway. Memes. Um, and, um, you know, you might share it with your friend. And so there's this thing that kind of helps you to feel connected. Mm. But I think mm. in the long run, and especially I've had this conversation with a few of my friends where I'm like, especially my friends that are super active on social media, like some of my friends have got very well-known businesses or whatever, you know, that's based around mm-hmm. their image. And so you see them on there all the time. And then you think you're up to date with what's happening in their life, but actually you haven't spoke to them for six months. Yeah. And I I think this, how can people kind of, I guess, mitigate that negative impact um, in their own lives? Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is why uh, I created the digital habit lab basically. So that this, this deck of cards that, um, that I sent you. And um, so just to explain if people haven't heard of it before, it's basically, yeah, a deck of cards, um, which invo- which contain uh, fifty different experiments uh, that that you can run for yourself to understand your relationship with your technology better, but also to to find um, small bite sized habits that can help you deal with exactly what 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 you're talking about there, Rachel. Yeah. Because, like I said before, I think everyone's needs from technology are different. Yeah, and. Um, and so it it doesn't work to say if you do this and you don't do this, then then everything will be okay because yeah. that list would be different for different people. And even for one person, it might be good at one point in their life, but it might look different later on. So actually, more important is to run what I call these experiments to actually, first of all, actually come to really understand in more detail like what is the nature of my relationship with my phone mm. for example because it's like we've already touched on briefly there's so many layers of stuff going on in there yeah. whether it's from how it's been designed to be addictive to your own internal mechanisms of uh like avo- like avoiding facing yourself mm. <laughs> um and you know as i was when i was scrolling through twitter, <laughs> on twitter like, in on, the toilet on, on, on the toilet <laughs> exactly so actually the first thing that i did um which was the genesis moment for creating these cards was um, out of desperation from that Twitter moment. It was like, okay, because I I hadn't noticed that I was taking my phone out to go onto Twitter. It's like, mm. that was so automatic that I, d- I didn't know what I was doing until I had this like, like moment of, of, of self insight. So, yeah. so what I did was I actually just took a big yellow post-it note, uh, you know, this kind of a thing and just, and stuck it on the front of my phone uh That's and really so it was stuck there on the screen and I actually wrote on there I wrote the word intention mm. uh and the idea was first of all this post note would just make me realize that I was holding my phone and trying to get into it in the first place as like an alarm yep. signal but then the word intention was then meant to be a question to myself you know like Jonathan what's your intention for unlocking your phone mm. and 
the idea was if I could answer that clearly and confidently, you know, I need to send this email or I, I want to check yeah. this thing and I can clearly define that, then I'd like allow myself to go in and do that. Yeah. And and hopefully try and leave it at just that. Whereas if I couldn't clearly define an intention, then that was an invitation to me to just put my phone back down and yeah. see what see what I was left with. And what 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 I was surprised with was how effective this was for me to cut this this behavior of just like jumping straight back into mm-hmm. social media or whatever. Um, because it was simply that it was unconscious and just doing one thing to bring awareness to that actually really helped me make a shift to the point where I was joyful to put my phone away because it was like oh look I've gained I've gained yeah. a minute to just you know do do whatever and obviously at one point the sticky note lost its stick and fell off and then I got <laughs> you know I kind of went back to my old habits but I noticed something in that that actually just doing this one tiny little thing which almost felt so trivial um actually made a really big difference and I started to be curious like what other experiments or things could you do like this and over time you know we created hundreds of them and over the last few years we've refined them in running all of our workshops different companies and identified 50 that are really impactful for people and developed them into these into these nice cards and we've put really nice illustrations on them and made it nice for a reason so it's almost productizing these things because lots of them are things which you'll have heard of before well I was gonna say like two things one I love that they're not on your phone because you could quite mm -hmm. easily have made this into an Mm -hmm. app sure that then like tracked you know tracked your habits and da 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 yeah and actually the point is they're physical and -hmm. also I like the fact that you can kind of shuffle them like one I've just pulled out which is actually very relevant for me (laughs) is to keep a tech-free bedroom Mm -hmm. and when I moved into this flat a couple of years ago that's exactly what I did I was like right because it's a like fresh environment I it's actually a really good time to set new habits when you're in a fresh environment because Mm. you haven't got any of the usual hooks that you have of like yeah when I do this this happens when I sit yep. in that chair I pick up my phone yeah or it's a powerful moment to reset yeah. that isn't so I it? thought yeah. great I'm gonna really work on my tech stuff and this was when I got my second phone and all that stuff and I was like right and um I've been using for years a light up alarm clock because I'm crap at mm. getting up in the morning and actually having a sunrise really is effective at, at yeah. making me wake up and what was great about it was um I then had my phones plugged in away from the bedroom and when my alarm would go off I would have to physically get out of bed to go and turn them off Love it. because yeah, it was annoying fantastic. and I'm rubbish at getting out of bed in the morning so it's actually like win 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 I don't mm-hmm. have the tech in the bedroom I'm not scrolling late at night I'm gonna get better sleep because I'm not having all that blue light in my face I get to wake up naturally with little bird song and my little <laughs> sunrise which feels like really bougie and then I get the kind of like more you know and I get my um, alarms to talk to me so they say things like get up it's a great day you're gonna (laughs) you know go outside and enjoy the (laughs) enjoy the world or whatever and stuff like that and but then after a while it's like going off and you're like shut up so you have to (laughs) physically go and turn it off which is helpful but I mean with these cards how did you get to the the 50 different um 50 different experiments and I like the fact that you talk about them as experiments Mm, and I like the fact that you use language like you know, when I saw intention on my phone, it was an invitation. Mm. So it's not this thing. It's like this flexible yeah, thing I think, rather than it being one size fits all and we all have to do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think it's really important for me that it's not a judgmental process in any way, because mm. the thing is like that the fact that it is different for everyone means that, you know, you could have two people sat next to each other on a, on a train looking at their phones even doing the same thing, even playing the same game like Candy Crush. And one of them could be doing it in a way that they're trying to escape themselves. And the other mm. one could be doing it because they know if they do it for 10 minutes a day on a train ride, it helps them relax before work. It's the same thing, but the yeah. approach is completely different. So it's like there's no judgment in any form of digital behavior activity, but we have our own responsibility to understand why it is that what we're doing. And, 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 yes. and, that. So that, and, and that with the experiments as well, it's also really important because, like you said, I mean, I don't. Do you still um, have a tech-free bedroom in your no. flat? 
but I'm right. going to like sit that right. literally yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. it was so funny because I've been thinking <laughs> I thought about it the other night I was like oh my god remember when you didn't have because I actually also did something which I've never done before and I took my laptop into bed with me because I wanted to watch one more episode of whatever it was and it mm-hmm. was late and I thought oh I'll just like get ready for bed and then I'll watch it in bed and I thought I've never done that and that and I had that little penny drop of remember when you had a tech-free bedroom and now you've got two mobile phones and your laptop in your right. bed <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and you know, for me, like I'm, I've had a really busy week this week, and I've had my phone uh, next to my bed every every evening because I'm using it as alarm clock at the moment. My other mm. clock broke, so and and th- so that's my point here. That is that, like I said before, it's a practice. You never get this yeah. fixed, even though even if you're on top of it for a while, you move into a new flat, you get it sorted. Life happens. The yeah. phone will creep back in, and so that's the other reason they're called experiments. It's not just trying something out new for the first time, but actually. This is something that we need to keep coming back to. Uh, yeah, mm. exactly. And so actually we we run a um a community, like a membership community online. And like each week we take one of these experiments and it's a challenge for the week. So as a community, people come together and do that. And you know, lots of times people will be running one where they've done it many times before, but it's that opportunity to revisit and yeah. just and use that actually as an as a again, yeah, I've used that word because you mentioned it, as an invitation to actually see yourself and your life with fresh eyes through the framing of that particular experiment and see okay maybe if say actually this is really good right now and but that's great because there's learnings in that as well it's like by running an experiment you're adopting the attitude of a scientist who's kind of curious yeah but objectively looking and just learning and getting data from whatever they they find so it's like that's the great thing as well that you don't even need to believe that one of the card experiments that you try will work for you. Like yeah. you might actively think this is going to be terrible, but that doesn't matter. You still try it. And even if if your learnings are that, yes, it backs up that this didn't work for me. Great. Now you have certainty that this is something which is not so good for you. So yeah, yeah, that's that that's kind of the idea behind them, that they're, they're really like an, an ongoing support for ad- adopting and developing this, this practice that I spoke about. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. One thing that I really wanted to ask you as well, Mm. one of the questions I often ask on this podcast is what's one piece of advice that you would give to a younger you? And I think Mm. I'm not 100% how old you are, but for for myself, um, it's like, okay, I'm 40 now. And I remember my life before mobile phones were a thing. Like, I don't think I had my first mobile until... I think I was about 17 or something like that. Not, Mm. you know, because anyone kept them away from me, but just because they didn't, you know, they were big chunky things, weren't they? And only like yuppies used them in the 80s or whatever. You might have had a phone in your car, like your mate's dad had the phone in their car and you're like, wow, you know. But um, so I've had an experience of life without technology. And I think Mm. there's a lot of young people now that are growing up. And I watch my nephews, for example, and, you know, they're, toddlers and they can use an iphone and it's so i'm wondering like not only what is one piece of advice you would love to give to a younger you about digital you know Mm. your digital landscape but also Mm. how do you think i guess that the future generations Mm. as as this evolves are going to experience because they will have never experienced life without tech so they don't know the difference does, does yeah. that, I don't know if I frame that question very well, but no, you have. So, and but as you pointed out, there are there are two questions in there. I'm, I might yeah. try and speak to the second one first. Um, and so to rephrase that question for myself is like, yeah. uh, as as technology keeps evolving, each, each each generation actually is you know is is unaware of what life was like before that layer of technology was. Yeah, was it was around because as you said you know we because i'm a similar age to you we were both born before the internet was was around so like yeah. we grew up we grew up in an un, unconnected world in that sense yeah but, you know but also generations before us didn't uh didn't have television when they were growing up or other things yeah. as well so it's like there's always there's always you know there's always new paradigms to this um of course some technologies have greater impact than others and the way that the internet influences like the way that that we live our lives i'd say is is is, is pretty great but regardless if if we if we drop the idea of internet and just talk about technology in general i think that 
you know, technology, I often see it as as like a mirror, actually. It's like it's it's an opportunity to to see ourselves because mm. it it it's you know, it's us as as humans who are who are using this this yeah. this tool, right? And so in in seeing our behavior with it, if we we have kind of two options. We can kind of get lost in using that technology and and kind of you know in, enjoy it, but just be like right up in this space where we're just in that technology or there can be another version where you're using it in such a way where the act of using it you can bring some attention to yourself and actually understand yourself better in the process you know like like what you know what what we're talking about here about running experiments with your phone it's like in in the, the dream scenario and this is my deepest wish for mind over tech is that it turns the act of using your phone and getting lost in it and being distracted it turns that into actually, um, yeah, an opportunity to understand yourself better and yeah. to and to grow and develop yourself further on on your own path, and and if we can do that, then actually, it it takes you know the mundane process of sending an email or paying a bill on your phone or whatever into a continual opportunity for for, for kind of personal yeah. growth. But I think in order to not get lost in the technology. Mm we need to have a strong and confident understanding of who we are yes. first, because ultimately that's the thing that we're coming back to. And that's the thing that, that we, that we have the opportunity to see. But if, if we don't have confidence in that, then it's difficult when we're in the digital space to, to, to have like, without that confidence, then we can kind of lose that sense. And, and then we do get lost in, in the technology. On that point as well. Mm. If you're a kid that's grown up with this technology, mm. so you're surrounded by algorithms, because I always think like when I was growing up, I went through loads of different phases. You know, I was mm. like, mm. loved punk and stuff for a while. And then I like mm. loved, you know, um, like dance music and drum and bass and stuff. And then, you know, and I, I kind of like went through all these different like yeah. phases where I was just yeah. like exploring different things that I thought were, you know, exciting or, or cool in some way. If you've got an algorithm, it just basically goes like, oh, you like this thing. Mm-hmm. So I wonder whether when I was growing up, because I've thought about this a lot, because I was hanging out with people that rode BMX and skateboards and stuff. A lot of them listened to loads of like American, Americanized punk um, or metal music. Right. Mm. And so I, I kind of like was listening to that because I was with them. And then when I met some other people, they were into other things. But when you've got this algorithm that's just kind of like, oh, you like punk then you like bmx you like that kind of thing and it just keeps feeding you more and more and more and more and more of that same thing that you like is it harder to explore or find like other things because the algorithm is just going to give you what yeah. you like and what it thinks you want more of i don't i don't know yeah so I absolutely think that i mean sense of self is quite hard to define yeah. am yeah. i well, who i think i am or am i what my algorithm wants me to be yeah it's, it's a really good point and yeah i mean that that might be called you know, particularly in, in a, from a user experience point of view, like an echo chamber of ah, of, okay. of of social media like that, where you mm. yeah, it, it picks up what you like and it feeds you more of that, and it creates this very narrow space where you just you know that's it. And of course, when you are well for anybody, but particularly when you are um, you know growing um, and and developing as, as a young adult, then yeah, then then you're particularly impressionable at that at that point in time, and also it's important to be to have access to a, a broad range of experiences and things in order to discover who who you are mm. of course so i think i mean there's so much you know we could run like a couple more separate podcast conversations you know it's just specifically around that you know the time between 11 and 13 years old when you first get your smartphone and and you know and navigating exactly that that challenge which which you're talking about tricky because that's the time when you're developing the neolimbic part of the brain which is Mm -hmm. where you fit in the pecking order and i think that whole part of the brain is so slow to develop and so slow to change that previously where you would have just been comparing yourself to i don't know your siblings your cousins maybe a couple of people that you knew from school um now it's like you're comparing yourself to I don't know this amazing looking girl in Brazil who's got fifty thousand yeah. followers or whatever, and and you're just sat yeah. there with your three likes and in, in your village in yeah. Kettering or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, definitely. So I th- I think I think in terms of 
in very simple so in one hand this is incredibly complicated and mm. and needs you know needs it's something which we're still trying to figure out right this like the first smartphone came out in 2007 is that right. iphone in the in the way that we use them today yeah um so what's that like uh 15 16 years ago yeah um i hope that matters right i don't know i'm rubbish at I, I, I think it is <laughs> but we're deep in a conversation so forgive me if it's wrong but anyway like so in but in in, in that time uh nearly 90 percent of the global population now owns a smartphone yeah so but that's that's a lot of billion of billions of people and the ways that we're using these um and the way that impacts our life is huge so it's like we're in the middle of a massive social experiment on literally yeah. a global scale and the thing is a lot of studies into how this impacts us take so long to do that by the time they come out like the technology has moved on anyway so it's like yeah. we're, we're, we're always at the forefront of this um, and trying to figure it out as, as we go along so with with this thing with 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 children like that is an important and ongoing project which needs to be done but i think in terms of a very simple answer to your question about like you know how can we get that confidence in ourselves and mm. and in order to come back to ourselves i think one bit of advice actually a friend was showing me just the other day and this is she's a parent and she was talking about actually this about how she wanted to try and bring this attitude to her child was mm. really encouraging them to at 100% fully be there and fully do whatever it is that they're doing at that time. Yeah. And if that means watching television or playing a video game or whatever, that's that. Like, be fully in that and just, you know, no judgment yeah. again. Like, do that. But equally, like, make sure that you're doing other things as well and, and fully do do them. Because I think a lot yeah. of this multitasking, you know, with phones as well, it bleeds into everything. So yeah. it, could be, it could be that we're going out for a family walk, but there is some kind of, we're not quite there because we're on a phone or whatever. So I think... Yeah that fully in like and and you know when we were talking about it what came to my mind was that you know when you get like a five-year-old kid playing with sand or paint and they're like they turn up with like paint on their face and they're like they're, they're fully doing that in a way where yeah. they're not holding themselves back at all I think yeah I think actually yeah advice to my younger self would be to try and adopt that as much attitude as much as possible because yeah. that would mean that we can that we're not shying away from technology and we're fully getting that when we're doing it but also we by fully doing the things like the painting or the running or whatever we're having more embodied experiences where we're actually in ourselves and I think that is one of the most important things for getting that confidence about about who we are yeah absolutely I would 100% agree with that and I, th I think it's just an interesting time like one of the things that I loved about my nan um god rest her soul but she mm. she um i remember when computers came out and stuff and she obviously she didn't really know anything about it or the internet and she i don't know she must have been in her 60s or 70s i think when the internet came out on facebook and things and she went and did a course and i Amazing. asked her like why are you doing a course in computing and like facebook and whatever and she's like because it's the future you got to stay on top of you know yeah, yeah and she was really excited about it she just she was like oh how great i'll be able to see pictures of my grandkids you know and what you're up yeah. to and isn't that lovely and that's the thing technology in that is incredible like, like the yeah. stuff that, that it brings us is 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 amazing so and i yeah, think that's, that's, that's such a great don't story be fearful i think you don't want to approach it with no. this fear um, in the same way that I imagine when the industrial age happened and mm -hmm. machines started taking over in terms of things mm -hmm. like sewing, you know, people would have hand sewed before sewing machines existed. People would have um, yeah. plowed fields by hand before yeah. tractors existed. And I imagine yeah. when those things came in, a lot of people were like, oh, they're fad and it's never, why do I need a car when I've got a horse? Or why do I need a tractor when I've got this plow, you know? Yeah. And then over time, it's like, I don't think we can really that ball's rolling for tech you know I don't think we're mm -hmm. we're going to go back to like for, for people that are like oh maybe we just need to get rid of phones and go and live in the woods and yeah you know completely disconnect yeah. and go off grid it's like I don't think that world's I mean it will always yeah. exist but I think it's going to get trickier um yeah. to experience that and so 
looking at ways that we can embrace it in a healthy way and like you say to to take the joy out of it like how many amazing people I've met through having social media that I never would have met the community Mm -hmm. that I've managed to build that wouldn't have happened without these technologies or it would have been much more difficult to build so I think we we need to lean into the things that are great where you get joy out of it um, or help you know and try and I guess mitigate the things that are not so helpful and make you feel like crap <laughs> exactly and That's from my point bit. of view well from my point of view the, the way to, to do that is to carve out even if it's a little bit a little bit of time to where you can for like more formally like observe how my relationship with my technology mm. is reflect on you know am I happy with what I see um does this helping me to do what, what what I care about or or is this stopping me, you know, living the life that I want to live? Yeah. And then off the back of those reflections, experiment, try disrupting one of your digital behaviors, even a tiny way, and yeah. just open up a new opportunity where then you can gather data and learn more and then basically keep doing that as, as a practice, like show up each day for yourself. Yeah. Doing this, like, yeah, doing this, this process. That for me is the most practical way to do exactly what you're talking about to like embrace technology and get the best from it but make sure that we're doing it on our own terms yeah well what one thing do you wish you'd known um before you kind of got into all of this about technology phone addiction like i mean to be honest with you, i find that a really difficult question to answer and partly because like i said I really see all of this that we're talking about as a practice. And yeah. so because of that, actually, it's, you know, it's not like, oh, if I'd known this, then it would all be a lot easier. Actually, yeah. a lot of the value is, you know, coming up against all the problems and continually struggling with that. But, but and so, yeah, it's, it's, one of, it's the classic thing of the journey is more, like, more valuable than, than, the, than the end goal. So, yeah, in, in that sense, um. I'm not sure. I, I think maybe just the fact knowledge that this is something which which is a practice or should be a practice. I think that is probably what I wish I'd known sooner. Because I did spend quite a lot of years at the beginning doing things like trying to install loads of apps on my phone, which would help me manage things and like basically adding new layers of technology onto the problem, which didn't really help. Or mm. also building up like very elaborate productivity systems so that I could help, you know, create that boundary. But I ended up just spending more time building and maintaining those systems than actually getting the stuff done. That So I think yeah. I feel like I probably wasted quite a lot of time trying to fix the problem and like make it perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, m- maybe that. But also by trying that it led me to this this position that I'm at now so yeah and but again that feeds into the journey right yeah so exactly that, that, that exactly. literally just the, pro- yeah. proves your your point around you know is about the journey and I think there's definitely uh, that I think feeds into so many people's lives uh, and I know definitely from the clients that I see for therapy to people in the club to my own experiences of feeling like once I'm healed or once I'm not having panic attacks anymore or once I'm not depressed once I'm not using my phone so much once Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can start living my life or then everything's going to be perfect or then I don't know I'll have the money the looks the love the whatever it is that you're looking for and actually that just keeps you trapped in this and then and you're not actually ever being present or living living for the moment and remembering that life that's the whole point of life right is this beautiful journey Um, so I love that I'm, is there anything oh sorry go on oh, i was just gonna say i'm sure you're like familiar with james clear um yes and and atomic habits but yeah the, you know something that he mentions in there relevant to what you're saying around um you know not like basically that trying to adopt habits in order to gain a specific outcome is actually not the best approach because um either we don't manage to get there and we get disheartened or we do get there and then we're kind of like well now what and then the habits fall away mm. and actually a much stronger way of doing it is connecting with the sense of identity of like who you are but also like who you want to be yeah and really connecting with that and using that as your core driver to yeah. create change like for example instead of saying like I want to spend less time on social media and kind of doing that kind of saying like I want to like I want to be somebody who is there 
for my friends when I'm when I'm spending time with them like yeah. that 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 is a quality that I would love to have in myself and really connecting with that and then using that as your driver to maybe just when you're out with friends like maybe just not check Instagram that one time and use that and then that that use that turn that opportunity to turn that moment which would have been a wasted scroll on Instagram into a moment where you can proactively ask a question or be there for them and yeah. actually there's, there's this amazing thing which i heard um someone say about this where basically then putting your phone away becomes an act of service for mm-hmm. people around you but like you literally like by doing that you are you're aspiring to be there for others and and, and putting that into interaction which feels really powerful and again is like actually means that these these things can be things other than just distractions they can be prompts which can help us yeah do do the things which matter to us most I've yeah. actually got there's two things on that actually that I'll just like to share I've actually got in trouble before because I don't check my phone like if I'm with mm. my friends mm-hmm. I'm never on my phone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's super rare unless it's like something that's you know urgent that I need to sort out I never have my phone on the table if I'm having dinner. You know, I went to yeah. the theatre last night with my friend and the last time I checked my phone was because I used it to, get, to find the theatre wherever we were driving, you know. Then it goes in the bag and I didn't check it again until I got home probably mm-hmm. four or five hours later. But then what I found is sometimes people get really arsy with you mm. when you haven't replied to their texts for, say, four or five hours. Mm. And I'm really being intentional similarly with um, how I use my phone in the day. And because I've got a work phone and a personal phone, if I'm working, my personal phone is in my bag and I do not check it unless I'm on a break or whatever yeah. because I just get distracted. Yeah. And I've had people that are like, hello, you know, or like question mark, question mark, yeah. question mark. And I'm like, yeah. you just need to like learn to yeah. deal with that because I'm not going to be at your beck yeah. and call. I don't have my notifications on. Um, well, I think in uh, you might have noticed in the card deck that there are amongst the 50 cards, there's like six different colours. Yes. Uh, and so like the green ones uh, are all around communication. Yes. Um, and so like a lot of what you've been speaking about there is basically unspoken expectations that people have yeah. about how you should be communicating. The top ones don't reply immediately. There you go. So <laughs> it's like like this, like the, the, the digital habit lab becomes quite useful in that way in that like you identify one area of your life where there's an issue and then you can look into one of those coloured themes and yeah. then like, help try and find some things you could do to particularly meet that 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 issue yeah um because yeah there's 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 lots of small things that you can do and again in that process it's it also a great opportunity to learn about yourself and, and how to set boundaries with other people and it was so much in there <laughs> absolutely because on the flip side of that what I've noticed is because of that I never take photos I oh. never have photos of right, me or my friends ever... or right. what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got a good friend of mine, Amy. Shout out Amy. Hi. Um, if you're listening, <laughs> hey, she always has a phone out all the time, videos and takes pictures of everything all the time. Yeah. And then she'll send, you know, when you've been to an event or whatever, she'll send like a little thing of all the pictures yeah. where you're in it. And it's so nice. It's yeah. such a lovely um, thing. And on your birthday or on like a, she'll get, you know, like a memory that will come up on, mm. I don't know if it's whatever platform she uses, but you know, and then she'll share it with you and be like, oh my God, remember this? And it'll be like, oh my God, I do remember. And it's a really so nice, nice feeling. Yeah. So there's, um, last night was the first time that I've actually done this, but I was like, right, you need to get a you need to take a photo because I was like, I really mm. want to um, yeah. actually, I've, I've realised I haven't got any pictures for the last probably five years, barely, unless yeah. I've taken it for work. And I'm yeah. like, that's really sad. Yeah. So, and, and this is a great example of then, so the, like you've observed that yeah. actually that this is something which is, uh, that, that you're not doing. You've reflected that it would be nice to have these things occasionally. Yeah. So an experiment to yourself would be like, how can I do this in a way which is intentional. So I get those photos yeah. that I like, but then I'm not slipping into unintentional phone Yeah, usage. like so at and the beginning so of like, the night, I just sounds said, like you need to design let's do a next... picture and then I put oh, it great. away again. And then I'm, so I've Perfect. got a picture from last night and I was like, Perfect. oh, that's really nice. That... That, that's so good. So you've just made your own experiment. There. And there's loads of things you could do. Like, have you ever been to one of those weddings where they've got disposable cameras on the table? Yeah, I where... love that. Yeah, it's like that, you know, you can get quite creative about how how you, you, want, you want to achieve the thing that you want to, but on... Yeah. Yeah, but on your own terms. But yeah, I used to be really naughty when I was a waitress um, and people would say, like, can you take some pictures for us? I'd be like, oh, this is so dry. This isn't my job. (laughs) 
<laughs> but obviously I'd be really polite because you work for tips. I'd yeah. be like, yeah, sure. And as I was taking the pictures, I'd do like different angles. Then I'd turn yeah. the camera around and I'd start taking pictures of myself. <laughs> and then I'd take like more pictures of them. So like, in, I'd be like, oh, there's loads there. And then so there'd be like, I don't know, 20 pictures and about three of them in between would be like me being like, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> no idea if the people like that waitress is a bit weird but i used to do it on tips so it must have been okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um we're gonna have to wrap it up because um yeah. I've, I've got to start my cl- clinic shortly but um i've really really enjoyed this conversation i think there's definitely some brilliant tips and information for people in there on you know where they can start if they feel like, which I imagine we all do, that, and also that it's not doom and gloom. I think that's the thing. When you read about like tech and mobile phone addiction, it's like, oh my God, you know, mm. seems like it's so bad. And it's like, there's lots of positive stuff um, about this as well. But is there anything else that you want to share? Anything you wish I'd asked that I haven't asked you that you think people should know? Um, quite honestly, no, I mean, like, I, I feel like we could keep having this conversation for many more hours, like, I, I very, very easily. At some point. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so it's, but I, you know, there's, there's, you know, yeah, I, I would love to keep having this conversation with you, but like, yeah, there's, there's not like one particular standout thing that I would say, like, yeah, why didn't you ask that? Yeah. No. Oh, fab. Well, thank you so much for being here. If people want to find out more about you, um, <laughs> about how to get hold of the digital habit lab cards or, you yeah. know, how, how to be more mindful around phone use, how do they, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? So our website is mindovertech.com and you can, you can buy decks of cards through there. You can join our member community through there. So that's, that's that. Um, to date, we've not been particularly uh, consistent on social media. Um, it's taken me a while to work out as a company that works in this space, like how how do we use social media in an intentional way to mm. actually support our message, um, but in a way which is like congruent to what we do. Um, but we are on all social media channels at Mind Over Tech yeah. and actually kind of got yeah plans in the next few months to be becoming much more active there experimenting with ways to use social media in a way which is like actively helpful but but being a bit more thoughtful so yeah so website and socials if you want you can use this idea you should just Mm. make a video of yourself shouting get off your phone and then just post that about 15 times a day (laughs) i feel like i would benefit from that but i'm not sure how well it fits in with the whole non-judgmental approach of of what we're doing but it'd just be a helpful reminder for people (laughs) yeah yeah Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's been um, you, a real That's pleasure to talk to you. And as always, thank you to you guys, the listeners. Without you, we don't have a podcast. So thank you so much for listening. If you got this far through and you enjoyed this episode, please do like, share, comment. Um, it really does. And subscribe. It really does help us to reach more people and in turn get you guys better guests to talk to. So thank you so much for being here. And until next time, much love. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as Rachel enjoys making this podcast. Why not share it with a friend? And if you really love it, drop us a review on Apple Podcasts as it really helps us reach and inspire more people. Thanks for listening. 